Hello, hello. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. I'm excited for a cute little ghost story this week. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Nothing else to say about that. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I'm Sonia. I'm Maddie. And welcome to Grimm. Woo! So this is the story of the ghost of Bellamy Bridge. Have you heard about it? I have not. No? Well, it's very intriguing. What a little story this one is. Um, So the ghost of Bellamy Bridge is probably one of Florida's most famous ghost stories. Um, And as I'm sure you can tell by the name of the story, it's centered around this bridge in Florida, this um, old steel frame bridge that spans the Chipola River. Um, if I have no idea where that is, by the way, that was just me saying things for <laughs> location purposes. Um, but apparently it's in like swamps uh, of Mariana in Jackson County. Um, and also the bridge isn't really accessible by car, but you can reach it via this like half mile Bellamy Bridge Heritage Trail, which is on Highway 162 that's north of Mariana. Um, and so it's kind of odd that the area that's like a tenth of a mile west of the current Chipola River Bridge. Um, so you can park there and I guess do a little hike um, up to the bridge. And I think the trail is only open during daylight hours, but you can still head up there and mm-hmm. go visit the bridge. Um, I think it's it's in daylight hours for the same reason as like all the other ones that we've talked about. Like they don't want to encourage the ghost story rumors. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more fun if you go at night, I feel like. But probably more dangerous as well, so I, I see where yeah. they're coming from. Um, but yeah, so anyway, the, the whole legend around the bridge is there's a lot of talk about this um, of a young woman named Elizabeth Jane Bellamy and how she tends to roam around the swamps around the bridge on dark and foggy nights. Um and actually, Elizabeth Jane Bellamy was a real person. She was the wife of one of Florida's key economic and political leaders before the Civil War. And she's actually buried in what has been described as an overgrown family cemetery that's not far from the skeletal remains of the old bridge. Mm. But when you're talking about this ghost story, it's actually, when I was like actually doing some reading into this, apparently it's not really just one story. It's kind of two stories that are sort of connected in a little like a little bit taken from each of them and kind of combined. So the first story, like real thing that we have here is this story of the ghost. So it's kind of evolved over more than a hundred years. Um, and then the other story is the true story of Elizabeth Jane Bellamy. And surprisingly, it's like, it's similar, but it's really not that related to the ghost story. Like, I can see where it's coming from, but the legend is, is quite different. Hmm. Um, I think, I don't know, I guess it's, it's more fun when the, um, the two stories are combined and you can kind of see both of them and it makes it a little bit more spooky because the original story isn't, like, as spooky as the ghost story is. Okay. So... In the legend, it kind of states that 
Elizabeth was the beautiful young bride of a prominent Jackson County planter who was um, a politician, a bank examiner, and he did a lot of things in the olden days, but his name was Dr. Samuel C. Bellamy. And according to the legend, the two of them were madly in love and they decided to get married. And so they planned for their wedding to take place in the backyard of this beautiful mansion that Dr. Bellamy supposedly built for his wife to be. And the wedding seemed to be this remarkable event, almost like the the event of the century. They brought in guests from as far away as Europe, tons and tons of gifts. It was a whole thing. And the two ended up being married in a garden of roses. And then in their vows, of course, they did the whole like promising to love each other forever kind of a thing. And I think that's really important that like that was in their vows because I feel like it ties into the rest of the ghost story. Oh, okay. Yeah, so in the hours that followed this, like, massive wedding, um, legend has it that there was a horrible tragedy that kind of befell just the couple. Mm. They say that Elizabeth, the legend is kind of fuzzy here, but dancing with her new husband or resting upstairs in in one of, like, the big chairs that he had. Um, Mm. The stories kind of vary there. But the gist of it is that she was wearing this long gown and suddenly it kind of came into contact with a tipped over candle, mm. an open fireplace or something like that, and her gown burst into flames. And before either her husband or any of the guests could react, she ran screaming from the house. Um, and according to the legend, she unfortunately succumbed to the flames. She heard, oh um yeah, it's a brutal, brutal way to go. I think yeah. she ended up surviving for a few days, but was in incredible agony and okay. eventually succumbed to her burns. Um, and after her death, her body was taken to the plantation where Samuel's brother, Dr. Edward C. Bellamy, laid her to rest in a grove of trees near the Chipola River. And that's where the legend gets really interesting because of the vows of the vowing to love each other forever. Um, the legend states that the her grave wasn't able to contain her love for her husband, um, which it kind of reminds me of Poe's lyric in Work Song, where he says, "No grave could hold my body down. I'll crawl home to her." Hmm. Um, I think it's kind of like that. So people started reporting this spectral figure dressed in white who began to appear at the end of like the banks of the river. And then when the Bellamy Bridge was built at the site, so the bridge wasn't a thing when this legend happened, but um, once the, the bridge was built, her ghost was often seen in the swamps around the bridge on dark and foggy nights, um, kind of waiting for her husband, I guess. And so the thing there is that I think this gets a little bit sadder um, when we talk about the actual story and you'll see why I'll, I'll get to it in a second, but just keep that in mind. Like she's still waiting for him, I think. Okay. So Samuel and Elizabeth Bellamy were actually real people. Um, he was in fact the son of a wealthy planter and she was the daughter of Je- General William Croom. And they grew up near each other in North Carolina, but she was still a really young girl when he left home to study medicine at the university of Pennsylvania. Um, And then, since they lived near each other, they were both quite wealthy, I think what happened was that um, Samuel's older brother, Edward, married Elizabeth's older sister, Anne. And so, time 
Samuel and Elizabeth got to know each other. Okay. And even though Samuel was around nine years older than her, the families um, really loved the match because the were also married. They were like, it's perfect. Um, and the records actually do show that the two of them were married on July 15th, 1834 in North Carolina, which was surprisingly three years before the Florida wedding fire fiasco occurred, according to the legends. Okay. Um, yeah, so the Kroon family and the Bellamy family were both interested in these lands that were available to settle in um, in the new territory of Florida. So Elizabeth's brother, Dr. Hardy Brian Kroon, was already living in Florida and then kind of got the two Bellamy brothers and their wives to like relocate as well. He was like, oh, it's a really good place to buy land, a really good place to live, etc., etc. So Edward and Anne first bought the Fort Plantation, where the Bellamy Bridge stands today. And then Samuel and Elizabeth went, they bought land that they called the Rock Cave Plantation, which was along Baker Creek and a few miles northwest of Mariana. And so they lived there for a while with their son, Alexander. Um, she was like 16 when this was happening. Yeah, that's... Oh, yeah. Um, and on top of that, this is the time before the Civil War, and they were wealthy plantation owners in Florida. So you can imagine they also weren't the best people in terms of having any sort of humanity or compassion. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and especially because the lands that were along the Chipola River and Baker Creek were ideal for growing cotton and sugarcane. Mm-hmm. So they were yeah. wealthy. They had this land that was good for growing cotton and sugarcane. They had a huge plantation that um, was really successful at the time in the sense of the word successful mm-hmm. when we're talking about plantations. Um, but the swamps were, they're swamps. They're breathing grounds for mosquitoes and all sorts of illnesses. And early settlers in the area had to deal with malaria and yellow fever and and other mosquito-borne illnesses like that. So it was from fever that Elizabeth ended up dying. Okay. Um, Samuel's letters in, in an obituary in the Tallahassee Floridan, Floridian indicate that she did die from fever on May 11, 1837, when she was 18 years old. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, and it was also probably likely that at the time when she was ill, she was being cared for by her sister. Um, Anne. And then that was why she was laid to rest in a grove of trees on Anne's property or Anne's husband's property or whatever, um, near the site where the Bellamy Bridge now stands today. Okay. Um, A week after Elizabeth died, her son Alexander also died from fever and was buried by her side. And I think Samuel Bellamy, um, legend states that he mourned his wife for the rest of his life. He never remarried. Um, he went on to serve as a delegate into Florida's Constitutional Convention. Um, he served as a clerk of courts for Jackson County. Um, also somehow as a secretary for the Florida Supreme Court um, for a few years before he was just too upset over his wife. Um, and he took his own life in 1853 mm. by cutting his throat with a razor. Oh my God. Um, and he had asked to 
be buried with his wife and his son on this gravesite in um, his brother's property. But since he committed suicide and that was considered religiously as an act of sin, Aww. he wasn't allowed to be buried with them and was instead buried in an unmarked grave. Oh my god. Yeah. Which is why, what I was saying, I think that's why she's still waiting, you know? Yeah. They used to be buried together, but they never were. Yeah, now she can't even find him because his grave is unmarked. Exactly. And I think that just makes it so much sadder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another difference to the original legend was that the mansion that he supposedly built for his wife actually wasn't built for his wife in the sense like it wasn't built for her as a person i think it was built in her honor but construction started about nine months after her death so she couldn't have been um when she died yeah so that's a little bit different from that she was sitting upstairs in a chair and that's when her gown caught fire um but the mansion that he did build was actually demolished during the 20th century and you can only see photographs of it today Mm. Um, so when we look at this legend, I think we have the ghost story about the woman burning to death on her wedding night, and then we also have the story of a young woman who died, um, and you might be like, oh, how are those two connected at all? And apparently what happened is that Caroline Lee Hentz, a 19th century novelist, actually lived in Mariana towards the end of her life kind of she was really famous so people started associating her novels and the places that she was describing in her novels with real places in Jackson County and she wrote this book called um, The Long Moss Spring um, and she described in this book this tragic wedding night incident in which a young really burned after her dress came into contact with fire Mm. who died from her injuries and whose ghost soon began to haunt the area around her grave. Um, And the home in the book which this tragedy took place was called the Bellamy Plantation. So that's, I think, where people's wires got crossed and they started associating the two stories together instead. Okay. She noted in the preface of the book that it was actually, um, it was, but not the fire um, but the fire was it, it took place in Columbus, Georgia not so it definitely wasn't about Elizabeth Jane Bellamy but I think because the names are similar and the, the time period around when um, she died was similar people started associating them together mm-hmm. um, and then kind of as time passed people forgot about Caroline Lee Hens and her books the ghost story and, and the legend of this um tragic wedding night fire survived on and honestly I like I know that there are two different stories but I don't think that it means that there's no ghost of Bellamy Bridge um I think that just the fact that there is a true story of Elizabeth Bellamy and and what happened to her was so horrific I think it it is enough to warrant a ghost story Mm -hmm. um and in fact a lot of people have claimed to see a ghost in the vicinity of the Bellamy Bridge they've um, described some, the descriptions kind of vary but some people describe a ball of fire that descends from the air straight down like through the bridge um, others say that they see mysterious white lights appearing in the surrounding swamp at night 
and others described the ghostly figure of a young woman like walking through the swamps on the west side of the bridge um, and there are actually like photos of like the strange beams of lights and people say that they feel icy chill even if they're like it's a hot summer's day in the swamp and some people are like oh yes i feel the presence of someone so i think um there is probably a ghost haunting bellamy bridge i, I know but i think there is there is definitely something spooky going on over there mm-hmm. yeah um and that is my story that i have for you today nice yeah, i think it's a, a bit of a lighter one i feel like good one yeah. to, to have after all the heaviness of the rest of the true crimes i think it's also interesting to see like the history like the, the true history behind like where a legend came from too yeah definitely i'm really glad that some of the articles included this whole like actual legend that happened mm-hmm. that kind of was based that was the, the basis for the actual like the ghost story yeah um i did really enjoy that yeah um, i do hope that one day they are reunited i actually can't tell you if either of them are good people but yeah but that is still really sad to be in an unmarked grave just because yeah he committed suicide exactly yeah yeah um, on that super <laughs> do you want to change the subject for us um yeah I mean after a stressful morning I was able to get Taylor Swift tickets so that oh. was great <laughs> where are you seeing her uh, in Philly nice yeah very so exciting be good yeah um that's I don't so know fun. that's like main thing that happened to me today <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing I like that I'm glad you got tickets yeah I do feel bad though because I keep on seeing like TikToks and stuff of other people who like weren't able to get tickets so oh, I do feel no. bad because it is insane now like I think I saw a TikTok where like one ticket now is like over like thousands of dollars I mean oh, granted it was in the pit but or like the right um around you know like where yeah. the stage is but yeah, they're getting insane now because it's like the resale tickets, which right, is not fair at all. But <laughs> no, no, it's not. Yeah. Oh no. I feel really bad for those people. So sorry. Her me. tour is a selling out real fast. Yeah, it's crazy. It makes me think of like, I like comparing it to like our little bands that we like to see, like Coin and stuff. Like I got like a VIP ticket for like maybe ninety bucks there. <laughs> oh. And like, yeah just the the difference is crazy to me yeah she really is it's are the music industry that you're allowed to charge like thousands of dollars yeah but yeah well i'm happy you got a ticket yeah (laughs) that's very exciting Mm -hmm. um life update is not nearly as exciting (laughs) in fact it is because there is none Oh. I haven't done a single thing. I have a presentation tomorrow that I was supposed mm. to like memorize. I haven't done that yet. Um, I don't know if, if it even is good. So fair enough. I never like even if I do have a plan going into a presentation, I always get nervous and then it ends up bad anyway. So, <laughs> so the funny thing about this presentation is it's on like a project pitch, so we have to like pitch an idea, and the presentation is like for a grant, but it's okay. three minutes, and there are no visual aids. Oh. So it's just you talking for three minutes. <laughs> so, like, you can uh, even have a PowerPoint? No. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's just you. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't even know what information we're supposed to include. I've kind of just, like, bullshitted it. 
I mean, fair enough. I wouldn't know either. Yeah, it's kind of wild. <laughs> wow, well, best of luck with that. Thank you. Thank you. I really have to go memorize that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on the, do you have um, do you have anything else that you'd like to share with us? I do not. Alrighty, do you want to spiel us out? Yeah. So you can find us on Instagram at Grim Podcast. You can like our photos, DM us, follow us, and on our profile, there's a button to email us. You can email us at thegrimpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us thoughts on stories we have covered, stories you want us to cover, or life updates of your own. We also have a Twitter, which is Podcast Grim, and a Facebook, which is Grim Podcast. And other than that, just leave us a good review and tell your friends and family about us. Yeah, and we will see you guys next week. Um, yeah. I'm super busy, so maybe it'll be a creepypasta if you can find one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, other than that, stay safe. With- yeah. Bye. Bye.